Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development program that changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to the second message in this new series called Faith Righteousness, the Ultimate Revelation of God. Now, I want you to understand something. I, I didn't just try to come up with a cool title for this series. The reality of it is the most significant Bible doctrine that we do not understand, but we need to understand is the doctrine of righteousness. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul says in the book of Romans that, uh, the, that the message or the doctrine of faith righteousness is the stumbling stone of the gospel. In other words, more people stumble over this issue of righteousness and very specifically the issue of faith righteousness uh, than actually any other message that they will ever hear. Now, there's a high probability that people who are believers stumble over this message more than people who are not believers. And I'm telling you, by the time this series is over, or particularly if you watch all the videos in this and you uh, get the uh, audio message that, that goes along with this, I'm telling you, not only are your eyes going to be opened about righteousness and faith righteousness, but it is going to be such a blessing and such a help to you. Now, immediately when you start talking about righteousness, people freak out because they're, they're convinced that you're going to go to the typical religious kind of thing that, that's not even really scriptural. You know, religion has tried to make us think that righteousness is some uh, rigid concept of having to be flawless and all this kind of stuff. Well, listen, I hope you can put all that behind you and just say, you know what? I'm not interested in what religion says. I'm interested in discovering what the Bible says. So, you know, I want you to realize this as far as our journey with God. Uh, the Bible teaches us in the book of Hebrews that the message of righteousness and properly understanding it, believing it in your heart, that this message and this power of righteousness is the only thing that can bring us to maturity. And Hebrews, the, the fifth chapter, uh, you know, the writer of Hebrews is saying, look, you guys should be teachers by now. But instead, you're you're needing somebody to teach you the first principles of the oracles of God. And he says, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. And then he makes this really interesting observation. He says, everyone who partakes of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. Now, I want you to understand something. This, 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 this whole concept of, you know, the Bible warns that as we get in the end times, that people uh, will not be able to endure sound doctrine. And one of the most essential concepts of sound doctrine is, in fact, the doctrine of righteousness. And so if people cannot grasp the doctrine of righteousness, 
then they can't grasp other important things. You know, we can't really understand faith. We really can't grasp justice. We will pervert the concepts of justice. We will pervert the concepts of, of God's mercy, of God's kindness, of God's compassion. We'll even pervert the message of God's love if, in fact, we do not grasp uh, the righteousness of God. And so, again, don't go to something that, that says, oh, this is going to be hard. This is going to be negative. This is going to be about somebody telling me I've got to do everything right. I've got to, I've got to be I've got to be perfect in everything that I'm doing. No, that's not at all what we what we are attempting to do here. But I do want to bring you to a place to where faith is easy for you, where walking in love, a whole new door opens to you. We're grasping the mercy of God, understanding the justice of God, understanding how how God is fair, understanding why God forgives people of sins. And you cannot have a biblical grasp on that beyond your grasp of righteousness. And so, so in, in Hebrews chapter 5, he is preparing us to look at what the Bible calls the foundational doctrines of the faith, the foundational doctrines of new covenant faith. And so he, he says, we're going to have to go back and we're going to, have to review these and we're going to get you stable in these doctrines first before we can ever get you stable in the doctrine of righteousness. And so, uh, so he, in verse or chapter 6, verse 1, he says, Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Now, again, that's one of those places where the religious translators of the Bible in ancient times uh, uh, got away from the original language of the Bible and and translate it to satisfy uh, the religious dogmatic doctrines of the religious church, which was already already dead to Christ uh, for all practical purposes. But this word perfection, again, this this is talking about spiritual maturity. And he's saying, look, I want to bring you to spiritual maturity. I want to get you to where you can grasp these more important, essential uh, concepts of the faith. Now, uh, again, this implies then that righteousness is absolutely crucial if, in fact, we're going to grow, we're going to become mature, or as the Apostle Paul says in the book of Ephesians, if we're going to cease to be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, we need to grasp, understand, believe in our heart uh, the biblical concept of righteousness. Now, when you begin to look up in the original languages of the Old and the New Testament, that what the word righteous means, I'm telling you, this goes to places that you would actually never, ever, ever imagine. And you will go to places where if you were to interpret this based on legalism, based on harsh uh, religious dogma uh, of the dark ages, you actually would, would, would get it wrong. You'd get, a, you'd get a wrong understanding of righteousness. You'd get a wrong understanding of, of any of the good aspects about righteousness. But I want to go back real quick, like, and I want, you, I want us to look at a concept that we're going to see about righteousness and what the original word uh, implies 
And one of the things that the original concept of righteousness implies is for something to be in harmony with God, with the character and the nature of God. Righteousness is not so much about what you, all, all the deeds that you go out and do, even though, even though that becomes a part of it, that becomes the fruit that, uh, you know, that's going to grow in your life. But uh, righteousness is about whether or not we are, in fact, coming into harmony with who we are, with our character and our nature. Are we harmonizing with God? Are we becoming like God? You know, when you study the what seems to be the most significant thing that Jesus did whenever he came to planet Earth, and you look in the book of the Gospel of John, the 17th chapter, you discover that becoming one with God, which is to harmonize with God uh, by, by yielding to the Holy Spirit, by uh, trusting the Word of God, Jesus manifests the character and the nature of God. In other words, when people looked at him, they could understand God because everything that he did was a manifestation of the character and the nature of God. And so righteousness is basically where our lives, our beliefs, the way we treat people, whether or not we do walk in love or not, whether or not we are kind, whether or not, you know, whether or not we have the character of God, uh, this becomes the most important thing because God is concerned about who we are more than what we do. What we do will take care of itself if we are who we need to be in Jesus. Now, when you start looking at righteousness and understanding righteousness from the concept of harmonizing with God, you, you start getting some incredible insights. For example, you know, when Jesus talked about, take my yoke upon you, yoking up with Jesus is about getting in harmony with him. It's about actually getting in steps, sinking your steps up with his steps. And, uh, and, and when you sync up with him, then you are manifesting the character and the nature of God. Uh, the Apostle Paul talked about walking in the Spirit and not in the flesh. Well, that word walking uh, really implies uh, getting in sync with, harmonizing with the Spirit. And so you start realizing that all through the Bible, there are all of these places that, that teach us, instruct us to get in harmony with God in the way we think, in the way we believe, in the way we treat people, and all of these aspects of our life. And if we do that from our heart, then we experience biblical righteousness. And once we believe it in our heart, the behavior, the things that need to change in our lives is, is, is going to change. So one of the first places that we can understand coming into harmony with God is when we go back and look at creation. You know, um, it says in Genesis 1, it says uh, in verse one, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was, was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And then God said, let there be light, and there was light. Now, the first thing that we need to look at here is, uh, in, the, in the original language here, is the word said. When God created everything that exists in the material world, uh, he created it because he said something through the process of saying something. 
Now, uh, in the Hebrew language, the word said, there is, there is the word said, which the primary emphasis of one particular word that is translated as said or to speak or to say uh, is a word that the, the main emphasis of that word is that you verbally speak a word. And that has an important use in a lot of places. But when God would create something, the Hebrew word for uh, say or for said comes from the word amar. And this particular word, uh, the main emphasis of this word, even though this is about speaking something out, the main emphasis of this word is not placed on the fact that you are speaking something out. The main emphasis of this word is actually that first and foremost, it is conceived in the heart. So when God said, let there be light, before he ever spoke that word, before he ever said that, the first thing he did, he conceived in his heart what, what he wanted to take place. Uh, and there's so many interesting things that I'm not going to go into you know, for a lack of time. But also, one of the interesting things about this word uh, gets into the whole concept of intention. So God said something that he conceived in his heart, but he also said this with a particular intention. Now, many of you who have followed my teachings for a while or you followed other teachers who have an understanding of the Hebrew language, we, we realize that every Hebrew word has a root word that generally has three letters in it. And each letter in the Hebrew alphabet has its own definition. And so when you are translating uh, from, from the Hebrew to English, for example, you, uh, you might have a general meaning of a word, like in this case, to speak something that has been conceived in your heart with, with an intention. So that, that's that's the general translation of the word. But when you start getting into the interpretation of the word, you also look at the individual definitions of every letter in the root word. And um, those letters add massive um, concepts and interpretation factors to a, to a word that make it become much more clear than you ever imagined that it could be, but help you grasp the insights. For example, in the, the Hebrew word for said, uh, the root word would be, like I say, amar, which would be uh, aleph, mem, and resh. Now, the aleph is the first word in the Hebrew alphabet, and the aleph represents a, create, a, a harmony between heaven and earth. And it very much points to, first and foremost, what happens in creation, where God, uh, whenever he created what we know to be the heavens of the earth, he created this to the earth to be in harmony with the heavens. And so, so uh, the olive uh, and the first thing that the olive says about God creating light and creating, you know, uh, 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 the the animals and creating the plants, creating the fish, creating the fast, that every bit of this was done to bring uh, planet Earth 
into a harmony with what already existed in heaven. And, you know, later on, you'll find that if, you, if you've read any of my books on the kingdom of God, you, uh, you discover, and any of my books on prayer, you discover that Jesus used one method of prayer for ministering to people, and he taught one method of prayer. And in this method of prayer, he said, when you use this, you don't have to pray about all these other things. You don't have to ask God to do all this stuff for you. Uh, because uh, uh, when he taught how to uh, bind and loose using the, the keys of the kingdom of heaven, he was teaching us how to establish the will of God here on earth as it has already been established in heaven. So authority for the believer is not about how loud you yell. It's not about how emphatic you state your words or your position, but instead it is about, about really uh, calling into existence here in this realm that which God has already brought into existence in the heavenly realm. And refusing to allow something to exist in your life here in this realm that God has declared to be an illegal in the heavenly realm. And so really prayer, authority, the believer, all of these things, worship, all of these things are about harmonizing heaven and earth based on what God has already done for us through the Lord Jesus Christ. So God his intention was to harmonize heaven and earth. Now, the second letter in the root word for said is the letter mem. Now, the, the letter mem uh, has several different meanings, but one of the key things you want to realize is that the word mem uh, is the revealing of a message from God. And so through creation, God was sending a message to the human race and everything that he did in creation. Now, let me say, much of our understanding of creation is perverted because of the fact that man brought sin into the world. And so we, we have to, if we want to understand God, understand God's will, we can't look to a corrupt world that the human race corrupted and understand God. We have to look at how God originally created the world, how there was no sin, sickness, disease, there was no sickness, there was no crying, there was no sorrow, there was, there was no pain, there was no suffering, because that has never been the will of God. And so uh, uh, when we're utilizing authority like God was using when he created earth, uh, his authority was based on what was in his heart, what his intentions were, and his intentions were to harmonize heaven and earth but also within that, we would grasp the message about the character and the nature of God, about the will of God in, in our lives, the will of God in planet Earth. Now, the last letter in the root word for said is the, the resh. Now, the resh points to repentance. Now, with repentance, we have this tendency. Again, we've got so many religious definitions of words that are not even in the Bible. But, you know, re uh, uh, repentance, we, we tend to think about that as this is something we do just when we, when we get into sin, we do something wrong, and we, we've turned it into this religious concept of, 
you know, of weeping and feeling bad and all this kind of stuff. But the real truth is the core of repentance is the fact that we change our minds to align ourselves with God. So we're back to this, this concept of harmonizing with God. So the very first letter of God saying something in creation is all about the Aleph. It's about harmonizing heaven and earth. The second letter is the message that comes to us through creation, where we understand the message is that God wants us as the human race to harmonize heaven and earth. And then we get to the letter Resh, and whenever whenever the heaven and earth do not harmonize, it is our responsibility as believers to repent, to choose uh, to harmonize again with heaven and earth so that the likeness and the image of God can be seen in all of creation. Now, one of the things that is so incredibly interesting is that in verse 4, it says that God saw the light, that it was good. Now, the, the word good comes from the Hebrew word taub or uh, toab. There, there's a lot of different ways that people actually uh, pronounce this word. And so this particular word, Obviously, if something is good, it's pleasing, it's, uh, it's correct, it's convenient, it's appealing. Uh, in other words, it, it's something that is desirable and profitable for the person that is looking at it, for the person that's seeing it. But uh, whenever I was studying Hebrew, one of the things that, that I was taught, I won't go into all of the, all of the uh, language issues that explain this, but basically, uh, I was taught in Hebrew that anytime you see the word good, especially in the Hebrew language, you need to always think of the word harmony or harmonizing. And so when God looked, remember, he created everything that exists, and he created it with, a, with an intention. Well, what was his intention? His intention was that planet Earth would be the perfect environment for a human being to live both physically and emotionally. And so, and so uh, uh, when he looked at light, he said, it's good. In other words, not only is it good, not only is it pleasant, not only is it desirable, but it is something to, to uh, uh, seek after. And why, why is it good? Why is it pleasant? Well, it's good and it's pleasant and it's desirable because it is in harmony with God. It is a reflection of, of God's intention for the human race. It is, an, it is a reflection of the character and the nature of God. And so we, we come to realize then that righteousness is something that is manifest when here on earth, uh, whether it's our behavior, whether it's the way we treat people, whether it's the way we manage money, whether it's the way we talk to people, uh, whether it's the way we align our, uh, develop our beliefs, uh, what makes it good and what makes it desirable and what makes it pleasant is the fact that it is in harmony with the character and the nature of God. Now, when man brought sin into the world, and again, unless you study the original language, there is so much of this that, that we don't perceive uh, in the limitations of the English language. But one of the ultimate problems with what happened when sin came into the world is the fact that man actually, what, what man was pursuing 
was the right to determine good and evil apart from God. Well, when you look at the word good and you say, well, wait a minute, good means something that's desirable, it's pleasing, and uh, uh, but it is it's desirable, it's pleasing, it's something to be desired for one reason, because it is something that is in harmony with God. Now, when you start looking at this, that which is good always brings us to life. It always brings us to joy. It always brings us to blessing. It always brings us to the promises of God. But when something that is evil, and see, we, we tend to think of evil just as something that's sinful, that's wicked, that's bad. But the real truth is something that is evil is, is it, it has confusion, it has darkness, it has untruth in it, and evil always takes man out of harmony with God uh, and brings man into death. Because once you are no longer in harmony with how you were created, how you were designed to live spiritually, physically, and emotionally, then death sets into our physical being. And so, so you know, the law of sin and death, we think the law of sin and death is where if we commit sin, God's going to kill us. No, the law of sin and death is when we move into sin, when we move into that that is less than the glory of God, then what happens is sin naturally begins to grow in our being, in our emotions, in our uh, the way we think, in our health, the way we, you know, the way our our way our body functions. But but we don't want to align ourselves with God. And say, okay, you say this is bad for me, so you know what? That's evil. It's going to bring me into chaos. It's going to bring me into death. I'm going to leave it alone. And I'm and instead, I'm going to trust you for what you say is good and what is desirable and what will bring me life and peace and uh, what will keep me in harmony with God. And so religion is all about us determining how we will stay in harmony with God, how we will approach God, how we will create the terms uh, of our existence and how we will know and walk with God. But the real truth is we can't do that. Only God, the creator, can tell us how he created the world, how he created the human race so that we would remain in harmony with him, have the best life possible. Listen, I've got, a, I've got an audio series that uh, I will be releasing at least by next week. It may be ready by the time this video comes out where it's going to support this, it's going to give you so much valuable teaching about this to make living and walking in righteousness something that is not only good, it's not only desirable, but it is something that is pleasing, is something that is pleasant, is something that improves the quality of your life in every single way you can imagine. So, so listen, be sure and share this with your friends. Check the link to see if the series, audio series is available yet. And be sure and share this with a lot of people. As a matter of fact, uh, be sure and subscribe to our uh, uh, YouTube channel and to all the outlets that we have where we are sharing these messages for free as a gift to you. And listen, we're going to go places that you are going to love about righteousness like never before. So I'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to the Weekly Impact Ministries World Changers Podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address. 
www.impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website from previous broadcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.